Howdy, and welcome to this episode of Beers with Engineers, a group of people who firmly believe that if it looks stupid but it works, then it ain't stupid. This episode, we catch up with the boys and get updated on some of their projects, including Sean's rocket beer pong launcher and James's Charizard humidifier. We also talk about radiation beating the average household and Paddy's business pitch to grow and give more exposure to engineering dads. If you're new to the podcast, head over to our YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok to check out how we turn our ideas into reality. Well, enough of me, on with the podcast. And welcome back to Beers with Engineers. I'm Paddy and I'm joined as always by my two glorious co-hosts, Sean and James. Sean, how are you? Hello, hello. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, Sean? Very good. Enjoyed our surf this morning and um, just relaxing the afternoon. Yeah, beautiful day. Lovely, lovely. How about you, James? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Actually, I stayed in the surf like another hour and a half after you guys left because it just, just did not die down. It was so beautiful. Nothing but party waves. But um, we love it. We love it. That's the only sort of party we can do during these sort of times, isn't it? Mm. No, party waves all the way. It's like uh, a 1960s surfer film, you know? Just everyone's dancing on the beach. It's great. <laughs> and uh, before we get started, I just want to point out, Sean, James and I are disappointed. You're not wearing a beanie. What's going on? It isn't that cold in my house. Maybe it's just better insulation. Maybe I'm just built differently. But we'll move on from there. Doesn't need a beanie. Must be nice. All right. We're going to crack a beer. Three, two, one. Ooh, I didn't that see nice. that. I, I was a bit out of sync there. Before we, I want to start, though, I want to say, Patty, thank you. Uh, for people who don't know, Patty got us a, a beer, a 1664 French beer, um, so which good. is a delicious Cronenberg. beer. I would like delicious to be non-sponsored. <laughs> delicious, though. I would like to say, though, in France, 1664 is like the, the Fosters or the Tui's New. It's a very commonly drunk beer. It's not bad beer. Yeah. It's just a very common one. I want to say Foster's. Like, I feel like, isn't Foster's actually made in England? Yes, but also Crown Beer in Australia is Foster's beer. But after the Queen, vis- the Queen visited the brewery, it just became Crown. So it's just Foster's. Mm. Fair enough. Nice. Well, I don't know what to talk about now. Well, I'm. Sh- how's how's your foam rocket going, man? Oh, my foam rocket. Okay, so I've made a few step ups since the last podcast. So. Um, the last podcast had um, a small solenoid, uh, a tank that, of air, and it shot the rocket, and it shot it incredibly well. That being said, I think there's room for improvement. So I've I've gone out of my way, and since the last podcast, I got a lot of things delivered. One was a solenoid, which is about 50% larger. So this thing um, should should be able to be able to release more air behind the rocket uh, a lot faster as well. Um, it's a higher voltage, so I had to work out uh, a few different technical aspects. But I've also built um, a little trigger box. And no one's seeing this, but in my hand is something that looks like a... <laughs> How do I describe this? It looks like... Um, a deton- It's a detonator. It looks like a detonator. It, is. It, it has finger grooves. It's got a little rocker switch. So it, like you can't accidentally press that um, trigger. But you flip it up, you press a little switch like this. Um, and it will then provide electri- electrical current to the solenoid and switch it on. So it it generally looks like I'm about to blow up a building or like send a rocket in a, like a nuclear strike at Russia or something. Um, I promise to you, it just shoots foam rockets. It just looks really menacing. Also, why but Russia? I don't, know, I don't know about that, bro. It looks pretty dangerous. Um, well, I'm just thinking of places that have large nuclear capabilities and would be a threat to Australia. Um, Russia isn't really that much of a threat. That being said, uh, you know, the states would be like what Israel, uh, England has them, France has them, Germany does not have them. Um, America has a bunch. I mean, nuclear nuclear stuff is really old, uh, anyways. Most of the most of the nuke, nukes in the US are turned on with a floppy disk. Like that's how old that technology is. Like modern nukes that can wipe out and push Earth out of orbit are, are powered by a goddamn floppy disk. Like I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have never even seen a floppy disk in this call. I have. Yeah, yeah I was oh, okay, Back in the day when I had to, uh, when you had to do your like a year three mm. presentation or PowerPoint. Mm. No USBs, baby. Floppy disk it. Honestly, a yeah. bunch of flops would have come up with that idea. Yeah, so it's... <laughs> Jesus. Nice pun. Uh. <laughs> we are the engineering yeah. dads. It's a very good pun. I'll give it a two out of ten. Yeah, nice stuff. But um, yeah, so the the rocket itself, it, it's progressing along to the point where I've, I'm now glued a lot of the components together. It's not, the, it's not set yet, so I can't show it. 
Um, but that being said, I'm pretty sure this thing is just going to be a, a big improvement going forward. And now I'm, I'm looking at how to mount it. And how to mount it, I'm thinking of um, strapping it to some sort of like wood to some description and to try and get that uh, variation of angle that a, like a mortar has where you can change its height and elevation and then its rotation. I'm going to attach it to a, a normal like camera tripod to some description so you can raise the height up and down as well as um, at the very, yeah, and at the very bottom, um, I'm going to put it onto a door hinge kind of thing and attach it to a piece of wood that has uh, like a hole in it. So with the hole, you can put a, like a wooden stake through it into the ground. So the mortar, uh, the foam rocket mortar is now stable um, on the rear. So it, when it fires and pushes back, like if you think of, um, Newton's laws, right? Every action has opposite equal reaction. You can apply that to um, artillery. So if you look at a um, artillery piece, when it fires this chunk of metal, the entire mortar piece actually moves backwards a little bit, and that force yeah. to shoot the projectile out is the same that pushes it back. That's why you see dirt fly off, um, and the the whole like, um, what do you call them? Not the art- what's the artillery pieces called, where it just shoots um, straight. Not really a mortar, but it's um. I forgot the name. Like similar to a cannon, or like a. Yeah, what's the modern version of the cannon? Um, a catapult. Yes, no, it's a trebuchet, obviously. Um, but uh, whenever those things fire, there's always an opposite reaction. The same. It's it's pretty much why a gun has recoil. The force that to push that bullet out is going to be pushed into your shoulder. Effectively, what I'm trying to develop with the foam rocket. Cannon is a stable platform, so you're going to get the same shot every single time, regardless of how much it gets pushed back. It won't get pushed back much, but um, small things like this are really important to try and get that accuracy straight. So um, I think in the next few days, I'm going to have a working prototype, at least one of them, and I'm going to start doing some firing tests to see how accurate we're we're getting with the same variables and how uh, wind-affected it is. I've been interested to know with that, because you just mentioned accuracy and you reminded me if we can like put an eyepiece on there like or a laser and calibrate it to like where it should like land or the direction it should at least take. Should look yeah. into that, eh? Yeah, absolutely. There's a few things that I can definitely do, but um, realistically, you're just looking your finger and putting it in the air. It's just um, a lot of it's just going to be guesswork. Um, we're, and we're never going to get that same level of accuracy that you're going to get from a real mortar because one, the projectile is not as heavy. We're not investing that much time into it or money, realistically. It's mostly money. Um, so there, there's definitely going to be points that I can add a few things, but realistically, it's just going to be eyesight. And, and more of a guide than anything. Yeah, exactly. So um, just because wind is a huge factor, you're never going to be able to calibrate it. That being said, it's probably a way we can do it, adding servos and steppers and whatnot. So it's completely electronic. So you can have the exact same firing parameters every single time. But I think that's that's something we'll probably work on with the, the beer pong launcher idea, which is something uh, we'll touch mm. on another time. I, I feel like we're literally just designing a Nerf gun on steroids and I love it. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure I'm I'm not getting into the realm of making a something that's lethal or ch- considered by society as a weapon because it really isn't. It's just a fun toy. But uh, there's a lot of people uh, that might consider this a bit dangerous, and I want to make sure that uh, it's as safe as possible, used by the right people. Well, well, like realistically, anything could be a weapon. Like the the beacon, like that I'm holding right now, that could be a weapon. Like if I just break it in half like that the, that that the, the metal is is very sharp and also like some keys or a phone like anything can be really be realistically be a wep can be weaponized yeah if you use anything in a in an aggressive uh manner it's automatically a weapon the same reason why you go to a football stadium and they use plastic cups instead of cans because the cans you can just peg it at the players and knock someone out very hard I to do that like, with a plastic I, cup. I know, I know you're uh, you're, you're scared about maybe people thinking, oh, it could be a weapon. But as soon as you see the foam rocket, every single type of worry goes out. It was like, oh, I was like, oh, is that a? Oh no, nah, it's just a foam rocket. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But it also depends on its intended use as well. You mentioned like keys and whatnot are made to unlock things, start your car. Whereas this foam rocket is made for nothing but to project something out of it. Mm. And that's why it could be misinterpreted. But I, I think we'll be all right, man. I think you know we yeah. follow the right 
um, procedures here. Yeah, so there's a. It's very exciting to see it come together. Um, I should should be able to have a test fire later today to see if it works. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I might do some 3D printing to so it like it's a perfect flush mount onto the wooden board. Um, but I'll get to that when I get to it. I also want to like. Just to reify, like if you look at it, it doesn't look dangerous. I want to like spray paint it in like really bright Nerf kind of colors, like bright yellows and reds and something. And I also have it a name for it. I'm thinking like Apollo or Artemis, like the the two famed arches from Greek uh, mythology. But um, maybe that just being pompous. But yeah, that's uh, that's my idea. I fucking love it, man. Yeah. I Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, it's, it works well. But um, James, how's your projects going? Oh man, I'm having some good fun making this uh, Charizard humidifier. So far, the project's been tracking well. Um, so, for those of you who can't see, I've got little Charizard on the screen right now. Um, I did some awesome. tests the other day with the diffuser piece and that worked well. So, what I've done is originally we had some concern around how we were going to get the water to the bottom of the atomizer. So, listening back to that podcast, I said the water always has to be under there. Um, and humidifiers they sell in the shop actually have a specific type of cotton that's meant to absorb water also to the top. So, I ordered like eight of them and it's been working so good from the humidifier point of view. Um, what I'm trying to... Yeah, jump in, Sean. No, no, no. Continue, continue. What I'm trying to do now is... Um, what I'm trying to do now is test the actual pump to see if I can get water in from the bottom of it. So, what I've done is I've gotten a little like sugar container from the shop. And for those of you who can't see, I have a container here and I've 3D printed like a little um, tube adapter in the side of it with like a flush <laughs> nut on the end to provide like nice sealing. And I've got a 6-volt peristaltic pump which basically uses a DC motor to um, pass water into it. And then I've got the other side of the tube going into Charizard's butt as we described in the actual um, podcast. So, nothing nothing sexual, all good. That's exactly right. It's just really <laughs> easy <colonoscopy>. access. <laughs> just just a normal probing. Yeah, just getting a bit of an enema. So, what I'm up to now is I'm just doing the test on the flurate, seeing how long it takes to fill Charizard up and um, the actual volume of Charizard itself. And I've been having a lot of th- fun with this pump. So, all I have to do is just plug this pump in and I'll put this nice and close to the microphone so y'all can hear it. So that pump plugs in and from the container is now filling Charizard up. There's a little bit of water left over from the test. That's awesome, man. Can you bring it a bit closer to the camera so I can see it? Absolutely. Sorry, I was just holding it all with the connector so it was hard to... Oh, man, that's so cool. So uh, to just... That's a good looking Charizard. Yeah, to give it a bit more of an explanation, it's like a what? Uh, a 20, uh, 15 centimeter tall uh, gray Charizard that you've 3D printed over... Was it like two, three days, right? Yeah, it was... About three days total, and just to and just clarifying that there's a a line th- or like a horizontal line like an equator through its his stomach. Is that where you can take the top on off? Yeah, so I'm I'm getting to that. Um, this is just really finicky to move around, but that's all right. So basically, I printed three D printed some thread. Oh, it spins off. That's so cool. So it screws on. So it screws off and screws back on. Oh, that's so smart. What, what's wow. in the middle? Oh, that's good. That's good. What's in the middle is this mini cylinder you will see here. And that mini cylinder is to capture, mm. is to hold the um, little cotton I was telling you about. And then it goes through its mouth here. And then the atomizer sits on top. So it's absorbing it the whole time. That is so cool. So it's, it's that, that generally looks amazing. You've 3D printed not only um, a lifelike Charizard, please, po- please uh, Pokemon, don't sue us, but also. Like, it's functional. That is incredible. That's amazing work, James. I want to stress that. I'm really impressed with it. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Well, I have... I, I, sorry, go ahead, Pat. No, when that... I'm just saying, that's awesome. But when it finally is painted, because like, currently it's uh, just uh, the normal color, I assume, that comes out of a 3D printer, just sort of like a normal, mil- like a milky gray. Yeah, so like once it's painted, oh, that's gonna look so good. It's gonna be a really interesting project to to see come into fruition, and it's it's clear you're making some amazing progress on that. But having a Charizard humidifier. The next question is, how are you gonna? Um, have you had any 
more thoughts about making it like smart and controlled? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can get to that, but I also, I'll get to that at the end because I've also come across a lot of problems so far as you do with all mm. these projects that have many solutions to them. Um, but I'm working as I go. Firstly, these tools are really finicky. So the humid, the actual atomizer piece um, broke. So oh, shit. the wires attached to it broke off. And basically the way this thing works is it has like a piece, like a, an aluminium plate with like a really fine metal surface on top. So to solder back onto it's really hard. So mm. <laughs> I had to order heaps more pieces off it, but I've actually ended up fixing it while mm. I ordered it. So I ended up soldering it back on. So that, that, that problem's fixed. Um, the next problem is the thread is extremely tight when you get to the bottom. So I should have printed more thread because it's not screwing all the way down. And then when it does, it's not in the right spot. And then it's too tight to get off. So a little bit of water leaks. Mm. Another challenge I'm facing is that I'm, I've got a suspicion that the PLA I printed isn't exactly watertight, even though I made sure the settings ensured it was watertight. Um, so I'm thinking of a solution that maybe like epoxy coating it or, you know, just keep keep on filling it because eventually like when you paint it and whatnot, it should just wear itself in. Yeah. So a lot we're working with at the moment. I like the idea that you've ordered um, additional like uh, electrical humidifier components. How many have you ordered? Sorry. So I ordered 10 because one was $10, but 10 was $16. Oh, is there a chance that I could grab a few of these? Because what I'd like to do is set them up around my room. So if you ever have like, I don't know, um, a Halloween party, you can have just straight up smoke coming underneath the door or uh, make it like a really spooky house. Be a real spooky bitch about it. Well, absolutely. Well, I ordered a couple of more as well because like a couple of people that have listened to our other podcasts actually asked me if I could make them one. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I'd love to. Like, I feel like that's a, that's a nice thing to do if it works out well at a cost at a cost we're not a <laughs> we're not a charity <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're a business actually i did have one question about the humidifier because the ones i keep seeing online at kmart you know just at like at the stores and stuff they all have sort of the very they all have a similar shape they all have sort of a weird a uh, cylinder like teardrop shape yeah. to to the to the more or maybe it's like a just a really browned like i i, I see one here that sort of looks like a weird coconut looking one with like a valve on top but is the is the shape of charizard going to affect the the humid like the the uh like the the smoke coming out or no will it so, just be like a smaller valve or something like that so back to back to the first podcast i think we actually discussed that the actual structure of those humidifiers has nothing to do with the way it's vaporized it's just a generic shape they use secondly this, those vaporizers you're talking about, pads, the, the humidifier actually sits on the bottom of the container and blasts it up. The Charizard that I have, like the water's taken up a tube, so it doesn't matter what the structure is, it only relies on a cotton tube. And that's, that's pretty much it. So to answer your question, no, like we'll be fine. If anybody Sweet. hear loud Sweet. screaming of birds in the background, please ignore that. <laughs> what is that? Just- that's, that's the kids crying. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, they're explaining the fact that oh damn it, Patty's wrong. Ah, ah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> no, nah, you're not wrong. It was a, it was a fair question, but yeah, um, basically the the smoke is at, is at the top, so every it just collects water at the top, that's being sucked from a tube from like the oil down the bottom. Um, back to your question, Sean, on is there any intention to make it smart? Absolutely. So there's an app called Clink IoT, which you can use for like different Arduino and Raspberry Pi projects and whatnot. Um, that allows you to interface your Arduino code with your smartphone, whether that's mm. like an iPhone or Android. So basically, you can monitor, you can monitor your humidifier and also change parameters at the same time. So it's that's basically it. like it's like a mini SCADA. And for those who don't know, SCADA stands for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition, which is basically like, as it states, you're controlling it and you're also looking at historical data. Mm. That's see awesome. like what fucks up and how you can fix it so yeah absolutely intentions to make it smart because you know my, my plan now is to have it timer based so calculate how long it takes to humidify all the oil out and then fill it up based on that but that yeah. that you know i'm doing all these experiments but they might not be as reliable when everything's actually done so it's important to be able to change these parameters to go oh shit even though this worked like this a month ago 
um, its own wear and tear is now making it work even less or work even more. So let's change things around. So yeah, fair enough. That's my current intentions uh, moving forward. Awesome, man. Great to see. Um, well, on that note, I I wanted to bring up a random fact um, or a bit of like trivia that might not be interesting to most, but I thought was quite interesting. Um, so there's a question for Patty. Did you know there's a bit of radiation in your house? Doesn't it just come from my phone? I mean, oh, that's just high-frequency uh, radio waves. Um, but they're, every single house, and I assume every single house has this, they should have this, has a little bit of radioactive material. And it's 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 not like a building thing. It's It's an appliance in your household. Now, James, do you know what I'm talking about when I say there's a small radioactive appliance in your household? Yes. Oh, it's in it's in most it's in most households anyway. I feel like yeah. some don't have it. Can I take a guess? Have a guess, Pats. Microwave. No. No. Damn. I don't know. Okay. I'll give you a hint. It's a safety appliance. Smoke detector. Correct. Yeah. Well done, oh. man. Let's go, baby. Did you know that most smoke detectors? In or the most the standard smoke detector design uses a small component of radioactive material to operate. Notice yeah. americium, americium 40. one two no two four one two sorry. four one yeah yeah. Oh, I, I back. I remember I used to get confused between that and technetium ninety nine M, which is used in the medical industry. So actually, radio radiation is used to diagnose people with cancer. It's also used to treat cancer as well, in certain, in certain treatments as well. So there's uh, radiation has a, a lot of uses. Um, yeah, I mean, getting stuck between different radioisotopes, really common common day problem. Um, but thinking, this is something I had thought about before, that most people probably don't know how uh, radiation works and whatnot and how we can harness it for certain weird uh, components. Um, so I wanted to give a quick explanation how a smoke detector works. So... Smoke detectors use a little bit of a radioactive material. And now radioactive material is uh, any material that breaks down over time and emits a certain type of radiation. And the standard three is alpha, beta, and gamma. Um, so alpha waves are big protons and neutrons that are stuck together. And because of the way that they bond, they're, they're very large. Um, and they don't really penetrate through things. And they have a positive charge. Um and then the beta waves is just high-speed electrons coming out. And then finally, it's gamma, which is a different type of like high-frequency wave. And that's the dangerous stuff because it's so small, it penetrates through. James, can, what is the magnitude of difference between the size of a proton and the size of an electron? Um, I usually, there's actually a, a good way to compare it. So they, a good way is like the solar system. And it's just, if you look at like the sun and earth, it's not really a good scale, but it's that sort of... Um, extent yeah. yeah so like it's it's by magnitudes larger so protons and neutrons is what makes up the chemical balance of the world everything's made up of combination of protons neutrons and electrons now the the center of a like if you think of the Jim, jimmy neutron uh logo right of a little nucleus or even the big bang theory intros or the transitions they have uh the the current accepted idea of chemis- chemical uh, makeup as their intro slide. So you've got neutrons and protons in the middle, then around them electrons in certain rings in certain stable orbits. Um, so when alpha waves, alpha material uh, breaks down, um, it sends out neutrons and protons. And these things are fucking massive. So they don't really penetrate through things. So they're not that dangerous. And this is the same radiation you use in your um, smoke detectors. So what it does is, it's very hard to develop uh, electronics that can smell smoke, like can smell particles. Like we can smell smoke. It's very, we've got uh, olfactory sensors that can detect that, but building uh, devices to do that is very difficult. So what they've done is they get a little bit of radioactive material and this emits a, um, alpha waves and that helps create a circuit inside a smoke detector. And so um, unlike water, water vapor, like mist and whatnot, um, that's it like an alpha waves can penetrate and go straight through it smoke particles are literally small tiny bits of burnt carbon and whatnot going through and they actually Mm. absorb that radiation in the smoke detector 
And this is why when you can you can blow into a smoke detector, nothing happens. You can spray with water, nothing happens. You put something like smoke, which is very, very fine particles. And that's why during bushfires, you have to wear a mask because they're getting stuck into your lungs like asbestos. Um, they actually break that ionizing um, relationship in yeah, that circuit. In, in other words, they short-circuit it. It doesn't short circuit. Short circuiting is when the, it cuts the circuit and then something's avoided and then current like flows through. It actually stops current going through. It breaks the circuit. Yeah, but that's, that's very similar because like electricity is trying to find any path it can go, but it can't go between the two um, plates. So basically, it signals it to send like an alarm. Yeah, it, it's definitely an alarm service. I, I would say that there is a difference of electrical. Um, that relationship slightly different, like short circuits, short circuiting and breaking is some slightly different. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it's an interruption or a difference of the electrical circuit that then creates the alarm that sends out. And I thought it was very interesting because um, uh, speaking of radiation, right? Um, there's a lot more radioisotopes in your life than you think of. Like, for example, um, the smoke detectors. But there's a lot of things like, for example, bananas. Bananas emit a certain amount of radiation, which is really weird. So if you ever want to sneak in a nuclear bomb into a country, the trick to do it is put a nuclear bomb on a truck and then cover it in bananas, and it literally won't get detected or flagged as radioactive material because they go, oh, it's bananas. That naturally is radioactive. So that is a way to sneak in a nuclear bombs into the country. Anyways, that's uh, please don't please don't take that advice. That's just something. <laughs> yeah, don't, we're, we're not advising to sneak in nuclear bombs to any country. Engineering does not condone the victimization the victimization of it of mm. uh, nuclear weapons. So yeah, please don't sue us. Bye. I mean, even though we talked about you know nuclear bombing Russia at the start of the podcast and now talking about how to nuke, sneak nuke, but but we don't we don't have any intention. Just no no no, no 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 don't 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 we don't we don't have any intention at all. However, if we did, we would know exactly what to do. <laughs> yeah, you trust us with the the briefcase, the football with the with the, the bomb trigger switches. That's definitely uh definitely a smart decision. Three three young men in Australia, but better than three old men. Yeah, true. I mean, that's the ones who do have the nukes at the moment, and uh, yeah, interesting. But yes. All right. We're not, okay. Let's not get political. Let's get back on track with this. Uh, mm. With this uh, radiation sort of uh, discussion, because I just did a quick Google of uh, what's, what was it called again? Armisen, uh, Americin two four one. Yeah. Americium two four one, and I was was it? And it says everything you said about the alpha, beta, gamma part, like the alpha, beta particles and the gamma rays and mm. whatnot. Also, just side note, gamma rays. That's what that's what caused the Hulk. Um, yeah. yes. gamma radiation, fictionally, but still, it's a reference. But it says um, under the health aspect, it poses a more significant risk if ingested, swallowed, or inhaled. Yeah, I correct. don't see how having that. I I assume it's like a chip or it's like a type yeah. of wiring in the smoke detector. Mm-hmm. How could that possibly be inhaled? So, um, realistically, it can't. The idea behind it that I was talking about was why they use alpha and beta and gamma. So, um, alpha is the least dangerous. Beta and gamma, uh, gamma by far is the worst, is the most dangerous one because it penetrates through everything. Alpha waves, because of that kind of description of protons and neutrons, are so big, it doesn't really penetrate through things. So, if you cover it in a tissue paper, it's completely redundant. Like, it's completely safe because it physically can't get through. Um, whereas beta waves, beta particles can, they can get through like, I think up to a piece of paper and then gamma, depending on, on the level of intensity, you can pretty much go through everything unless it's like 20 feet of concrete, uh, which is why bunkers have huge amounts of concretes to absorb that radiation into it. Um, the reason they're saying that, uh, um, this is dangerous to consume is because if you've, if you've taken it out of the smoke detector, which is pretty, very well insulated and stopping any of this radiation getting out it has to be literally touching you to really be that dangerous it has to be really close so if you put into a blender or um like burnt it up and put into smoke where it then becomes small particles and gets inhaled or if you eat it or if you put in someone's drink then it's dangerous because it's literally touching the lining of your stomach or the inside of your esophagus there's there's no tissue paper to stop it the only tissue paper is your human body tissue uh and at that point it is very dangerous um but again this is like 
everything can be dangerous in, if used incorrectly. Um, generally speaking, these things are very small, so the amount of radiation is tiny, um, and they last a very long time. Um, Paddy, do you understand what a half-life is by any chance? A machine not living the full amount it's supposed to. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. James, I was like, James. Half, half-life, I was th- I immediately thought of like Again. Harry Potter half-blood. Oh. Like, <laughs> well, I, I can give a quick um, rundown of it. Pretty much half-life is because these materials, these isotopes, they're not stable. That's the why they give out these radiation levels. Um, they want to break down to something lighter. And the the heaviest metal that they can break down to and still be stable is lead, which is why you see lead is... Re- the protection for most radioactive stuff, the the shields um, in like the what is it the what's the scan you get the the X ray scans yeah yeah that's lead lined or like um, it's very poisonous don't get me wrong don't ingest it but it it saves radiation absorbs it quite well um, half life means that as this material breaks down it's literally losing electrons protons breaking down to small pieces so its mass is actually changing this is where that e equals mc squared equation comes to effect so get a kilo of mass if it takes a uh, hundred years to go half if a material is a half-life of 100 years after 100 years this one kilo mass is now half a kilo of mass mm-hmm. and then in 100 years later it would be 0.25 kilograms of mass like it breaks down small and smaller, and this is why an issue that I have with nuclear waste is if it has a half life of a hundred years, its real life is more like a thousand because it takes so long for it to go yeah. from one kilo to half to a quarter to an eighth. It never to... actually reaches zero. Yeah, it, it breaks down incredibly slowly. So um, that being said, americium two four one has a half life of four hundred twenty something years. So it would take a very long time for it to break. So the only thing that breaks in that circuit is the battery, which requires replacement every few years. Yeah, and this is also why nukes kill you as well. Like what you explain with like nuclear material interrupting the lining of your esophagus and your gastrointestinal testicle linings is because when a nuke goes off, it undergoes a process called nuclear fission. And like you said, that's just the process of instability where neutrons and radiation is constantly being released. And it's usually in the form of X-rays and gamma rays. And that's constantly like pretty much absorbing straight into your body and oxidizing everything in your gastrointestinal system. That's why people die from mm. nukes. Yeah, it's pretty dangerous stuff. And get things like leukemia and whatnot. Yeah, and so too much exposure of alpha, beta, or gamma in, like, in high intensity, right? It causes mutation inside and that's where the oh the hulk is this big monstrosity realistically it's just going to cause your cells to create cancer faster than your body can shut it down and so people just die of like leukemia and cancer well not really quickly um with too much exposure to radiation but radiation is the cause of the killer not cancer but yeah just an interesting um fact that i thought would throw past your way that smoke detectors all have radiation in them damn well like I assume it's safe to have a smoke, smoke detector in the house. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Also, just for like anyone that also didn't really understand the uh, half-life definition like myself, I just did a quick Google and I went to the most, uh, the most uh, accurate and uh, responsible source of information, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. And uh, a ha- <laughs> I don't know how accurate this is for... Like you guys are engineers and you might know the scientific definition of it properly, but this is like the, the layman term they say is half-life is the time required for a quantity to reduce to half of its initial value. Right. Yeah. The term is common. The term is commonly used in nuclear physics to describe how quickly unstable atoms undergo radioactive decay or how long stable atoms survive. I actually, and you're talking about like the survival of like the the half-life. So if it like if if the atom or like the is supposed to last for you know hundred years or last for a thousand years, how long? And it just made me think of Chernobyl, that miniseries, and obviously the event that happened at Chernobyl, at like the the infamous you know nuclear disaster that affects that still is affecting the world today. But it's like how long is that supposed to like? Can Chernobyl actually ever be on? Like, will it ever be safe? It will. So, technically, like I said before, these things always undergo nuclear decay. So, they happen very exponentially, but they never actually reach zero. So, to to say, will it ever be 100% clean of nuclear radiation? No. But there are thresholds defined for what is nuclear safe and what's not nuclear safe. 
Um, mm. But it's like down to the 10 to the minus, I don't know, a lot of zeros in front of it. Yeah. And like the old Geiger counter, right? If you take that Geiger counter around Sydney, like theoretically there should be no radiation. There are huge amounts of variation or radioactivity. You know what the safest place for radiation is? It's ANSTO, the nuclear facility. It has the lowest reading of radioactive... Um, uh, like, it's, it's reading of radioactivity is so low because they have heaps of protection and whatnot. They don't allow certain things on site. Um, it's surprising the most, the safest place from radiation. Also, that building can withstand a, uh, a plane attack if you drove a 747 to the side of it. It's designed to crumble and protect the nuke material from getting out, which I thought was really, really smart and a good design. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of wraps up the whole uh, the uh, inevitable nuclear war talk and gamma radiation and how the Marvel has been lying to us all of these years and realistically there wouldn't be a Hulk. It would just be Bruce Banner and he'll be going through late stages terminal cancer. Which is really, really sad to say, but yeah, that's the more likely uh, happened with, that. That's more likely what happened with a high exposure to gamma radiation, yes. I like to think that he did get those powers because I like the fact that Ragnarok happened and like the... the uh, the Thor Ragnarok movie happened. Was, it was That was a blast to watch. That was yeah. fun. I think I would owe more thanks to New Zealand and Taika Waititi, but uh, yes, it's a good point. No, well, he was in it. Like I'm saying, it's like, mm. obviously it was all Taika Waititi and he was awesome. Like, biggest fan ever. Like, you should watch his vampire mockumentary movie. It's awesome. I do love that. What we do in the shadows. Oh, so good. Yeah. And I'm excited for season three of the TV show. But it's honestly the best, like, movie spinoff ever. Mm. We'll definitely like, give it a movie. Good movie into a uh, TV show. Anyway, let's not, I could talk about this for a while, but I want to get into my business pitch. Oh, yeah, bro. Now. Give it to us. Yeah, bro. All right. So, um, if you could uh, <laughs> look at your phones, your, your phones, boys, I'm going to send you a picture. All right. Kill the New Zealand accent. We don't need to tag with you. Fine, fine. Okay. Basically, look <laughs> at your phones, boys. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are we... <laughs> uh, we don't don't tell the don't tell them what it is yet. But basically, I know about you, but I love swimming. Uh, <laughs> oh, because I know where you're going with this, and I love it. I I'm love a, it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of swimming. And the other day we had a bit of a talk. Us three were like, okay, boys, like we uh, we like doing these podcasts, and we kind of want to get a bit more traction. So we should probably get more exposure. Get a bit, get it out there a little bit more. So I'm thinking, obviously we can post this stuff on like we got we got the Instagram page, the YouTube, uh, the what what are the other links, boys? I, I'm I'm blanking on them. TikTok, TikTok Instagram, Spotify. Yeah, basically like Patreon. I don't I don't are we on Patreon? Yeah, we are no. actually on Patreon. We have no one paying us, but we have it. <laughs> <laughs> Unsponsored baby. Uh basically we we're trying to like get ways to, you know, Get a bit of traction, get people to see us, and like get 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 more viewers because we want to keep doing this and we enjoy doing it. And the first thing that came to my mind was merchandise. We got to get some merch happening, boys. That's the best way of exposure because the, you, you see someone wearing like a shirt or something. It's like, hey, what's that? Uh, who? What's that logo? Oh, it's this from this uh, you know, podcast that I want. Is it? Oh, okay. I might check them out. Yeah. So it's sort of like something like something similar like that, and. However, I don't like how podcasts only do the basic shit, where it's just like, it's either hoodies, shirts, jumpers, um, hats, uh, you know, the basic shit. And I was thinking, what would be the best way to be a little, to be unique? And I thought, engineering dad budgie smugglers love it love it love it speedos or togs depends on where you're from and depends on what you call them but basically the uh a swimsuit so i've sent i've sent a design to the boys which is why they were laughing and basically on the front the uh do you guys wanted to talk i feel like you guys should probably talk see the first reaction shot of like my draft okay well i'll explain the front side i get uh james to explain the back um, so the front side is standard design for a, a male budgie smugglers. On the top right corner, 
is the logo of the engineering dads, the old helmet and chemical and whatnot. Um, on the top left is engineering dads, uh, the name of it. It looks like there's a sunrise coming out of the gooch. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> uh, desi- design is sort of like up in the air, but the other basic elements will be included. Now, the mm. backside, James. All right, so the backside is like literally a two-in-one. So, it's part of the design, but it also represents what we believe. So, it's basically just a design on the back with the text saying, looks stupid, but it works. So, one, that's that's basically our saying because we strongly believe yes. if something looks dumb... That's, our, that's, that's, that's the engineering dad philosophy. If, if, Look, if looks it stupid, works, but it works. So, then it's really not stupid. But the thing is, that goes for the budgie smugglers. Like, you look at those budgie smugglers, like, oh, it's just a sunrise and a logo. It fucking looks stupid, but the budgie smugglers work. Exactly. I, but my, my, my concern with it is that someone's going to look at this and have no idea who the engineering dads are, no idea what this podcast, and just look at someone and go, this person says they look stupid, but works. Like, <laughs> they think they might allocate yeah, to the person, not to the... <laughs> so? But then it's like, so, where did but- you get those budgie smugglers from? And then it's just like, well, I got it from here, the engineering dads merch. Who are the engineering dads? Well, fucking, you go check them out. Yeah, exactly. But I, however, obviously, I I just don't want this to be the only type of merchandise. And this is like, this is a project I think we can all get behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I assume I have the consensus of the the board. Yeah, you've definitely got my interest. You've definitely 100%. It's not an engineering project, but it's like a more of a a business project sort of thing. Yeah, that's that's why it's not it's not a Paddy's pitch. It's definitely it's more of a it's a this is a business pitch. Like we want to grow the business into something however obviously we just can't have one type of merchandise however i refuse to do shirts i think shirts are basic Mm. and they're sort of like whatever i want unique uh, i want unique merch so i've come up with some other like a list of other things i think the engineering dads Mm. could merchandise as well Sweet, I love uh, it. Actually, like, I'll say, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say my stuff. Right, I feel like we could have an entire podcast just on merchandise, <laughs> on merchandising okay, ideas. So. But he- here are my ones. Like here are the um, a legionnaire hat, legionnaire hats, right? Oh, le- oh. Le- le- legionnaire hats. Like it's like a it's like a cap, like a baseball cap. Oh, like the, has, the picky blinders has cap? like no, it has like a uh, just. Legionnaire hats. It's a it's a hat. It's taken from a name of the old like the legionnaires in France. But basically, it's like a schoolboy hat. So you, it's like a hat that you put on at a, at lunchtime, and at the back of it, it's sun safe, and it protects the neck. So there's like a little bit of cloth mm. to protect the back of the neck. So look it up. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's what the the kids always wear at high school and whatnot. It's best described as a sun safe screen, um, going from one ear around to the back. And then to the other ear, um, <laughs> it's it, it has been incorporated into the hipster community very largely. So mm-hmm. I feel like like another like another market we can venture into. But we'll continue. Okay, polo shirts. We're dads. We have to wear polo shirts. Yeah, agreed. Enough said. Okay, phone chargers. Like custom the cable part. Yeah, like with the colors. So a, yeah, a custom cable or like the inserting. The uh, the the actual uh, what's it called again? The like the actual tip mm. where you actually charge it into the phone. What's that bit called again? Uh, like, just the, the connector, connect, the adapter part. The the adapter, the connector part that could be in the shape of our logo. Mm. Okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I've got. I'm probably going to come with a couple on the spot in my head, but the last one I have written down is shampoo or body wash. <laughs> <laughs> you want to smell like solder and and like wood chips? Engineering Dad body washes your go. You want to smell like three exactly. printed ABS? Nah. So I feel like this could be like uh, we we have to really think about this because it's like what is the dad smell? What is the signature oh. smell? Like what is what the, the not I almost say smell the scent like the erotic. Scent oh. <laughs> of a daddy. Like we gotta, oh, no. we gotta get this in. <laughs> we be, now, and I say body wash because I feel like the or, and I say body wash because what is more manly? Actually, no, I want to, I want to, I want to retract that. What is more lazy? Because men are like, I don't matter you boys, I'm a bit lazy. I love a good four in one. Like 
Body wash, shampoo, conditioner. Yeah, car, soap, car conditioner, um, yeah, detergent, like, m- uh, motor cleaner. oil. Yeah, motor oil, toothpaste. Mm. Like, hey, got as a ten in one. Like, let's come up with one of those. That'll be amazing. Yeah. But like, let's. I thought keep it simple. Body wash just, or shampoo. Just something I want to add on that too. Generally speaking, the only dif- James, just clarify what's the difference between sh- soap and body wash? Oh, shampoo and body wash. Um, it basically depends on the something called the micelle content in it, which is very similar to what we were talking about last podcast, like hydrophilicity and whatnot. So some have more mm. of an affinity to water, but um, like different soaps use something called like perfluoro, um, perfluoro chemicals. So what they are, they're actually really bad for you. Like they've been proven to reduce yeah. testosterone in men when like you wash your yeah. thingy with them. But like, Theoretically, like looking at the standard chemical makeup of these things, you can definitely use shampoo as soap because effectively it's doing the exact same thing. It's stripping off unnatural oils off your skin or hair. So, um, just just to clarify, it was pa- the term I was looking for was parabens. So, like fluoroparabens yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But theoretically, nice. like the difference between soap, body wash, like face cleaner and whatnot is almost chemically speaking quite small you can use soap for everything you can use shampoo for pretty much the same thing the fact that there's so many different brands different categories of soap and people are blown away that you can use one for the other it's kind of annoying that people are having issues with guys using like four-in-one soaps or four-in-one conditions they do the exact same thing like they they effectively at a chemical level are almost identical i mean there are differences sure but the differences are so minute they don't they don't re- like they don't need to be separated mm. that so, that badly i guess for the audience right now is a good video to watch that we've made is the video i made on enzyme detergents because i actually kind of explain how this works so there's chemicals inside the soap that basically um hydrolyze the dirt on your body so they and that basically is dependent on pH. So shampoos have a pH of between four and six. So the lower the pH it is, the more acidic it is, and the better these chemicals work in that pH range. Now the thing with um shampoos is, like I said before, they're very adhesive, water loving um, things that are very heavy duty. So they trap oil and grease much better, and that's why they're preferred. Whereas if you put soap in your hair, like yeah, it would wash it, but just not as good. Yeah. Anyway, so that's so why I'm not a fan of two on ones. Sorry, Sean. Yeah. Anyways, well, I, I'm a big fan of two and ones. I feel like you're saving money with that. Um, but Patty, I love that idea. Just trying to think of that the dad smell. I'm just thinking of like freshly mowed grass. Maybe we could just get shampoo and just add some grass to it and get that that scent in. Um, get some. Uh, I reckon maybe get some uh, like a little bit. Of, look, this is like this is a discussion for another time. But like, yeah. um, I like the that we could do like a, a perfume. Mm. Like, like, oh, I mean, I won't say perfume. A cologne. The engineering daddy. <laughs> the la daddy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, the other idea, like, I've got, like, the other ideas I have are kind of the, uh, sorry, uh, the other ideas I have are kind of the basic ones, you know, socks. Um, mm. That was kind of the other one I had, basically. But, like, a good hockey sock um, mm. and right. maybe some underwear. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Well, you want to get the exposure out. Underwear is probably not the way to go. Budgie smugglers are a great one. You're going to wear them out. Probably, yeah. James, did yeah. you have All right. James, did you have ideas to throw by, pass for merchandise? I have an idea and then I have a half pitch at the end of one of my ideas that I thought of while Patty was talking. So, I'm thinking bucket hats. Um, Classic. Beer holders. Beer coasters. Mm. Um, what were we on that? COVID masks? No. These sound pretty, like, uh, basic. I think Patty's idea was to go yeah. above and beyond. Uh, it's a... I, I kind of wanted to do... Hair product? I like that. I like hair product. Um, Actually, you know what? I've got, I've got another idea. USBs? How, this is definitely on the take of uh, weapon weaponry, however. Oh, gosh. What about the engineering dad uh, straight razor? Yeah, yeah, that, that's there. I was thinking was back on the base. I was thinking gym towels as well. With like a little logo I like that. I like, I like, I like. Yeah, gym towels. I like that. But yeah, I, I, then, then I have the like, hair product and USBs as uh, well. To, maybe not gym towels, was that might be excluding the uh, the non gym folks. Oh, so maybe yeah, just towels. Yeah, towels. Um, and then <laughs> I had an interesting idea when you mentioned like the the hat was um you have a hat 
that can fit like a beer stub in it or a beer can, right? Yes. And a tube goes into yes. it. one of the pumps that I showed on the screen before. That And you can just put that in your mouth and then all you have to do is press a button to start the pump and then you drink the beer rather than holding the beer. So if it's like if you go on like a sporting game or like if you're the, playing like... The beer helmet. Yeah, like the, the King's the Cup Guzzler or something helmet. like that. The, I mean, yeah. this has been done and the thing is once you, with those beer helmets, the moment you have suction and liquid going through gravity pushes that forward so you don't actually need a pump um that's why they've, they've been done before and they don't need those those components that being said there are um a few opportunities uh with that idea an idea that i really wanted i kind of wanted to yeah, get some custom jackets yeah. um like jackets with our uh, a simple brand on the front like a good or the jacket that you can just wear out and just have a little nicknames underneath of them you know uncle patty uncle toby uh, James, I forgot your nickname. Sorry to be honest. I don't even think I had a nickname. Yeah, we'll, yeah, same. We'll, we'll <laughs> what, work on one. What, what, what nickname did I? Who who established like what, why do we have two uncles as nicknames? That, you told so me you were Uncle, Uncle Patty. Prez. <laughs> yeah, to like my my sister's dog, like <laughs> not to like anybody else. Like she's like, oh, your Uncle Patty now. It's like. I, I'm really not. Like he didn't give birth to this puppy. She is it's adorable pup, but mm. I'm like. Uh, that's a bit okay. Well, we'll, like, we'll think uh, of nicknames. Well, when you guys think of nicknames, we'll put them on jackets and you can put them on. But that's I know it's a no, boring idea, but, but that's it. No, but, basi- but basically, when it comes to merch, I think that it has to be special, unique. Mm. Um, I want people to look at our merch and think, why? I mean, we can do the classic <laughs> chemical merchandise of just making beers with our brand on it, James. That's <gasps> kind of your field. Beer stubbies. I do ha- no, no, I'm thinking of things that get wide exposure. Like, I don't think the beer stubby. I, I lose all my beer stubbies. Mm. It's ridiculous. No, I, no, like I've lost. I lost one of the. I lost one of these beer stubbies I got from a water polo tour, and I found it the other week. I was like, it was lost for two what, years. What like, I mean I was like, is make our custom beer with a custom beer stubby and like custom cardboard to hold it in cardboard like you know how when you buy like a, a carton of beer and like you pull like oh, a, okay. a six pack out it's like contained cardboard like when we used to have to break them at mm. the bar i'm a fan i like that idea i like the um, i feel like d- we could have a follow-up podcast on this when we have more of a think about it because these are just initial thoughts that are coming yeah the, to mind. The, these are these are these are first hand these, these are first hand thoughts i just wanted to throw it out there the fact that okay we've got to get exposure boys merchandise let's go yeah so I think we're locked in. I'm just gonna I'm gonna confirm we are locked. Uh, actually, you know what? We won't lock any merchandise in currently. However, like the main is, these are the sort of like the front running ideas I have. No offense, James, but I feel like <laughs> I definitely think it's something different and new. With budgie smugglers too, if you use the official budgie smuggler, you can make custom ones already. A bit more expensive, but you can submit designs and they make it then and there. Exactly. Uh, I also know the. Uh, I think there's the Delphina. The Delfina company and budget probably want to partner with budget smugglers. You probably want to partner with Delfina because they do more custom uh, mm. stuff. Okay. Plus, I, I think I know one of the. I think one of the boys at Water Polo might might know either probably either works for them or knows the guy that works for them. So I'll probably have to have a chat with him. But yeah, also I like the beer idea. I also I'm a big fan of getting a distillery going, but that's on another day. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. See you, everyone. Oh, oh.